Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 13. We'll be in verses 1 through 4. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. Will you pray with me this morning for Kelsey? God, we thank you for the word that you have put on Kelsey's heart. We thank you for the ability to gather together today in this space of worship and prayer. And we ask that as we, as we sit in our seats and we listen to the word of God taught to us, that you would transform those words and open our hearts and minds, Lord, to receive them, to understand the calling that you've placed in our lives, God. Allow us to feel the convictions that you've given us and allow us to live into that calling and to, to go, God, when you tell us to go, to be where you tell us to be, Lord, and to live our lives for you. We pray that the words of Kelsey's mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be holy and pleasing in your sight, God. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. We are in our fourth and final week of a different preacher uh, every week. Mike is going to be back here in the next week, and uh, we will be getting done to a more of a normal schedule. But we are in a series, or finishing up a series, Transformational Power. And we have had four different preachers, and I know it's summer, so people are gone. So I'm going to give you a little recap on what this series is about. So the first week, we've been focusing on the Holy Spirit this whole series. The first week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit can transform who you are, can transform your DNA, change your heart, change everything about you. And that was Jacob the first week. And then the second week was Simon. And Simon came in and told us how the Holy Spirit can change our worldview, how we see things, uh, and how nothing that God made is impure or unclean. And then the third week, last week, Tyler talked, said, prayer, said, prayer actually works. She said, prayer works. It changes things, but... It only works if we earnestly seek God in prayer, in our, in our personal prayer times, but also in our community's prayer times. Today, the final week, we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is leading us somewhere. He's taking us somewhere, but first, it has to transform you so that it can send you out. So last week, last Wednesday, 412 is every, every week, I am, uh, I'm the director of youth here, and so we had 412 outside in the parking lot last Wednesday, and we were playing a game called Ultimate Frisbee. I don't know how many of you have ever played that game. Uh, I love that game. I love playing games because I like to win. Uh, that's probably why I'm a youth director. Uh, I get to beat a lot of high school and middle school kids at games. Uh, but by that time, we were playing uh, Ultimate Frisbee, and me and Mario Crisp were on the same team, and we were... Um, we were playing around the Frisbee, and then all of a sudden we stopped, and we started talking. Uh, we were talking about, I think, student leadership team, and we were looking at each other, and all of a sudden I see a Frisbee flying straight for us, and I'm like, okay, one of two things are going to happen. Either one, I catch it, and, it, and we, we get the, the Frisbee either way, or two, I can look really cool, and I can swat it down if it's from the other team, right? So what happened is it came, and I, I chose the latter, obviously, and I swatted the Frisbee, and Reese comes running up to me. He's like, you were supposed to catch that. And so 
I wasn't paying attention, so I didn't know what I was supposed to do, and so I didn't get the message. So friends, hear this. You won't hear your mission that God has for you unless you are earnestly seeking the Lord's will. I didn't know that I was supposed to catch the Frisbee. I didn't know the mission was I was supposed to catch it and go to the end zone because I wasn't earnestly seeking the Frisbee. You won't hear your mission unless you are earnestly seeking God's will. See, in this short passage of scripture, this is about the church at Antioch. All these men are at the church of Antioch, which is in Syria. And they're all in Syria because there was a persecution that had happened, and and these people that were believers got sent out um, in different areas because there was a persecution And these believers began spreading and preaching to Gentiles. And they preached to the Gentiles in Syria and started the church in Antioch. And the the spirit was fruitful there, and the church was growing abnormally. And they believed, and what happened is Barnabas, who was in Jerusalem at the time, said, hey, something good is happening there, let's go. And so he went and picked up his friend Saul, and they all went there, and they devoted a t- period of time to the church in Antioch. They stayed there, they preached, uh, they, they prophesied. And the funny thing about the church in Antioch is that was the first place that someone called them Christians. So the church in Antioch is where the term Christians was first used. So all these, these guys that, that Tyler listed in the scripture, these guys were bros. They were hanging out, they were, they were, they were uh, worshiping, they were devoted to God, they were devoted to hearing his will. But these men at Antioch, they weren't just hanging around um, gossiping or playing video games or whatever uh, they were doing. They were actively anticipating the Holy Spirit. They were waiting to hear what the Holy Spirit had to say, and they were earnestly seeking the Lord's will and his plan. They were ready. Last week, Tyler said that it's about aligning ourselves with God's plan, not God to our plan. So the question I have is, are you guys hoping, sitting here in this church right now, are you hoping that God's plan just falls in your lap? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But the question is, if it does fall in your lap, are you earnestly seeking it, or is it just going to be like the Frisbee that falls in your lap and you have no idea what to do with it? Because if you aren't earnestly seeking God's will, and it falls in your lap, you're going to have no idea whether you should swat it or you should catch it. You see, we have to earnestly seek God's plan to hear it. Otherwise, we might miss it, too. I've been in Marion for about two years now. October will be two years. I actually think yesterday or the day before was actually the year after my interview uh, because Dax is going to be two on Wednesday, and I've did my interview four days before Dax was born. So uh, my interview was about a year ago, and we knew back, I don't know, in July or or June of 2017 that our time in Vinton, at least being employed by the church, was done. Um, We knew that uh, God was calling us away from that church, and uh, I was pregnant with Daxton and was going to have two kids, and so I was like, I'll just be a stay-at-home mom. That's what I'll do. Daycare is expensive, right? Amen, parents? Daycare is expensive. Yeah, so I was going to stay home, be with the kids, uh, work with them, bed had the health insurance. I did just was not going to take a ministry job. And we had always said uh, back before the kids happened, if we ever going to move again, Marion would be a great town to move. It would be an awesome town. It's a cute little town that seems like small town, but it actually has a lot of great amenities. And so Marion was the place that we wanted to end up. And so I was going to be done working at Vinton, and then I saw this job. I was just perusing uh, this church staffing website, and I saw the Mary Methodist job. 
And I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. That's what we decided. I'm not going back into church right now. I don't want to do that. And so I, did, I saw it. I just pushed it aside. And then Ben said, hey, did you see this job? It's in Marion. That's where we want to go. And I'm like, yeah, but we decided this, so I want to do this. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And then Travis Stevick is getting name drop a lot. He was name dropped last week by Tyler Hungate. Um, but Travis Stevick, who is a close friend of mine, um, was w- talking to me, and it was after summer games had happened. And he calls me that Saturday after summer games. He says, Kelsey, Marion's hiring. You're applying. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm applying then. <laughs> it took me three times to hear that, but I didn't think I would get this job. That was not necessarily on my peripheral. I'm like, I'm going to submit an application. There's probably going to be 20 applications. There's no way I'll get the job. And so whatever, I'm, I, I'm not listening. And then at the point, Ben, and ben was listening to some sermons. He was mowing the yard out in Vinton. This is probably a week or two after I had applied and I had got my first call. And he was mowing the yard and he was listening to a sermon And the sermon had said, sometimes following God means leaving good people. Sometimes following God means leaving good people. He heard that in in his mowing. He ran inside, and he's like, Kelsey, we're moving to Marion. And I'm like, good, I haven't gotten the job yet, but that's a great effort on your part. (laughs) The thing is, if the Spirit says go, you just go. If the Spirit says go, you just go. I had so many things that prompted me for this job that I just said, okay, Spirit, you're leading me here. I'm just following along because I have no control in this plan whatsoever. This series that we've been talking about, the four different preachers, we had met to go through this, and we met to go through the scriptures, and all of the scriptures are in Acts. Now, I don't know if you guys have been here the whole series, and if you haven't, I'm going to give you a little run-through. The first week, the scripture was probably 31 verses long. Second week... Scripture was 33 verses long. The third week, the scripture was 19 verses long. How many verses was this week? Four. These, these three men got these really long, allegorical, uh, meaning script, meaningful scriptures, and then there's this, this four-scripture passage. Interesting. So I was looking at it. This one is short and sweet to the point. If the Spirit says go, you just go. You don't need the backstory. You don't need the story. You don't need the metaphors. If the Spirit tells you in the lap to just go, you just go. My daughter, her name is Brindley, and she's actually probably watching this, so I say her name, and she's in the nursery, and she's probably laughing and giggling right now, but her name is Brindley. She's three. Daxton's almost two. And the worst thing in the morning for me is trying to get Brindley dressed. Amen. <laughs> I lay out all the clothes. I make it as easy as possible. I get her milk ready. I have her two bars, and I set them out, and I'm ready to go. And I'm like, please, Jesus, if it's your will, let Brinley get dressed today without any arguing. But this is typically what happens. I open the door to Brinley's room. She comes out with her blankie, and she's all like this, and she just saunters out to the living room, and then she gets on the love seat, and she just cuddles up, and she just lays there. And I'm like, morning, Brinley. Morning, Mommy. Love you. I'm like, love you. I'm like, okay, Brinley, it's time to get dressed. And she's like, Mommy, I'm tired. And I'm like, honey, you just slept 12 hours, and I said slept six. Don't talk to me about tired. (laughs) 
So I sit there and I'm like, Brindley, please get dressed. And it's arguing and it gets to the point where I have to threaten to walk out the door to leave for work to actually get her to get dressed. Toddlers are fun. Have kids. Please do. Um, I'd say once a month she probably gets dressed. So if you see me, like when I'm first walking into the office, I had just dealt with a sane toddler. I need to kind of get in the mood of, of, uh, of, of getting back into work before I get to. But the thing is, She's going to whine and distract me from what I need to do because my main task in the morning is getting her dressed. That's my main task, and she's going to whine and distract me. But the question for you is how many times do we whine or distract or groan to do what we want instead of what God wants? Ultimately, we don't know what's best. Our Father in heaven, our creator, he knows what's best for us, not only for us, but for everyone, because what we do affects everybody else, right? Brinley getting dressed directly affects on what time I get to work and how Daxton's feeling, everything. So if God tells you to do it, just do it. Don't whine, don't groan, just go do it. You see, Barnabas and Paul, these guys that were in, in chapter 13, in chapter 12 of Acts, they had just gotten back from this mission in Jerusalem where they went and they preached the gospel and they did awesome things and Jesus was spread and they just got back to Antioch to be with their friends and to praise Jesus and to love and hang out with their bros. And they're all worshiping and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's like, go. It's time to go. Paul and Barnabas just went. It didn't say that they whined or they complained. But Paul and Barnabas knew there was work to be done. They knew there were people to love, souls that needed saving, and that God had the best plan for them. They didn't groan or press back on God, or they just went. So the question I have for you guys is, what is it going to take for you to just go? Think about your life. What is it going to take for you to just go? What is it going to take for you to bring Jesus to your school or to your workplace, to talk to that coworker or that person at school that maybe doesn't have a lot of friends or maybe is the obnoxious person? What is it going to take for you to talk to them, love on them, maybe invite them over for dinner, or worst, or worst of all, maybe invite them to church? What is it going to take for you to do that? Or what is it going to take for you to join a Bible study or join freedom? Maybe you can start a Bible study. What if God is telling you to do that? What is it going to take for you to do that? What is it going to take for you to give up your time and maybe mentor someone or walk alongside someone in faith? Can you give up time to go to coffee with them or check in on them on a regular basis? What is it that the Holy Spirit's calling you to? And what are you going to need to give up for that? And what are you going to say go? Because the thing that you need to hear, your mission is never done. Our mission on this world is never done. The Bible studies never stop. The people that need loving never stop. There's always times where we need to reach out to those around us. There's people who need to walk together in faith. The mission is never done. Your mission is never done. You see, it's different now than it was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you see that the Spirit had indwelled in certain people at certain times for certain tasks. 
We look at Isaiah, who became a prophet, and Isaiah, in Isaiah 61, says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So Isaiah received the Spirit. Then you hear about David in 1 Samuel 16, when Samuel went to visit him. And Samuel, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came on David from that day forward. And then you look at Belzael. Does anybody know who that is? No? He was supposed to, he didn't actually preach the word of God, but listen to this. It says, look, I've called Uri's son Belzael, grandson of her from Judah's tribe, and I filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and all kind of craftsmanship to create plans for work in gold, silver, and bronze, and for cutting stones to set them for carving wood, and for doing all kinds of craftsmanship. He was filled with the Spirit so he could do, so he could create these things for them. The same is for Gideon, Joshua, Moses, Ezekiel, other prophets. All these people received the Spirit for specific tasks. God gave his Spirit to those who had a specific mission. And not everyone received the Spirit in the Old Testament. However, the interesting part is, if God's favor left an individual, that, mean the spirit, that means the Spirit also left. Saul, who was the, the chosen king before David, was, uh, was turned his heart from God. And it says, the, the verse directly after David's verse, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. From Saul. The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul because God chose to give and take away his spirit. But the thing is, when Jesus came, when the Holy Spirit came, the spirit was now given to all of us. We all have the Spirit at all times. Believers all have the Spirit. Back in June, I preached on Pentecost when, when the Holy Spirit came down like a flaming tongue and everybody spoke all these different languages. And then you guys had some homework, which I hope you actually did. You had to read Acts chapter 2. And so if you read it, you'll know what I'm about to say. But Peter had quoted the prophet Joel and it said, No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit is no longer reserved for specific people for specific tasks. Friends, our mission is never done. The Holy Spirit's with us at all times because there's always people that need saved. Now, when I hear about this, when I hear about the fact that our, mi our mission is never done, how many of you have an endless pile of dishes in your sink? Yeah? How many of you have an endless pile of laundry? How many of you have a lawn that needs mowed or turned turn brown? Yeah? Oh, yeah, that may not be an endless task anymore because we don't have a lot of rain, but... The thing is, those missions are never done either. I think about the dishes in my sink that are always there and always need cleaned or the laundry that I always have to fold and when I'm at work or with my friends or sleeping, they're always looming behind me. Sometimes it even seems like we have them all done. Like, who's ever done all the dishes and felt really accomplished? Yeah, yeah. Or folded all the laundry and you're like, yes, it's done. But guess what happens tomorrow? More dishes and more laundry. Oftentimes, we can never see the end to that job, and it feels like a drag or a burden or something that we just always have to carry with us because we always think about it at home. Is that what the mission of God, 
that he has sent you on is to you? Is it a never-ending burden that you have to deal with? Something looming over your head that you have to read your Bible? Or I have to pray? Is it a drag? We take a look at Paul, and actually in this scripture, they call him Saul. He's called Saul. And up to this point in Acts, Acts 13, he is called Saul. But a few verses later, in Acts 13, 19, or 13, 9, it says, and this is Saul, also known as Paul. And from this point on, in 13, 9, he was referred to as, as Paul in his letters and in Acts. See, the thing is, Saul was a Jewish name of Hebrew descent, um, where, what he got from when he was a Hebrew. But Paul... Paul is a Greco-Roman name. And Paul's mission was to speak to the Gentiles in the Greco-Roman area. So, you see, Paul, when he was sent on his mission, he wasn't sent on some looming task that he might get to or something that, that hovered over him, that maybe he would make some time to praise God and maybe he could sing and break some chains, maybe, if, if he felt like it. Or, or maybe he would refer to God when he was with Gentiles. Or, or maybe he would do this. It wasn't something that was a drag on his everyday life. It was a lifestyle and a mission that he never saw had an end. Paul even said in the Corinthians, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Paul gave his life everything, all that he was for the gospel. He saw the mission that the Holy Spirit was sending him on, and he didn't make excuses. He didn't make excuses that took all of his time and he didn't have any effort. He just went. So friends, our mission isn't done. It never will be done. He wants to use you for the sake of the gospel, and he wants to change you from who you once were to someone who does everything everything for the gospel. You may not have to change your name like Paul, but what in your life has to change? We can make excuses. We can, we can choose our own way. We can, we can try and distract God. We can think that we deserve what we deserve is what we need, and, and I deserve all this and all that, but his mission is the most important mission of all, and he needs you. You can't forget your importance in the mission of God. Because he chose you to deliver his message. He needs you. He needs your heart. So what do you need to change in your life? What daily routine do you need to change? What needs to change? Does your attitude at work or, or friends need to change on how you see the people around you? Or do you need to open your Bible more? We all say that, but do we do it? Do we pray more? Or maybe, or maybe you do need to change your name like Saul did. Have you sought where the Holy Spirit is trying to send you? And if, if it plops in your rap, lap, are you ready? Are you actively serving your church? See, the thing is we need to earnestly seek these things to be ready for the mission that plops in our lap so we don't swat it away like a bug. God chose you and he loves you more than anything. 
the last song, you say, I am who you say I am. You are a child of God. You are beautiful. You are perfect. And you are chosen to go on a mission. And that's who you are. So wherever he leads you, wherever the spirit leads you, choose to follow. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask you to, to, to knock on the door of our heart today, that you would, that we would open it up to you and that we would allow you to lead us where you need us to go. And Jesus, if we're closed off to it or if we, we're not ready for it or we, we, we just, we're scared or not sure, we ask that you would soften our hearts and we, you would show us how great your love is and what it looks like to do everything for the sake of the gospel. Jesus, you, you love us so much. Set the mission in front of us and help us to earnestly seek you in all that we do. It's in your name we pray. Amen.